We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Last part of the show, and I will answer some super chats at the end of this. It looks like we have six super chats. I'm going to dive into there. There's really sort of three players and or kind of positions that need to really step up on Saturday. So when you look at what does Notre Dame need to do to win this game, the big thing for me is this is the you know why am I confident that Notre Dame can, can win this football game? Am I saying they're going to win? Am I guaranteeing? No, I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't do that stuff. If I, if I knew exactly who was going to win, I'd be much richer. Or I'd be rich period. If I, if I knew who was going to win football games and could predict that I'd be a very wealthy man right now. Uh, that's what I love about college football is the unpredictability of it. I was certain that Notre Dame Clemson was going to be a dog fight last year. Certain of it uh, that, that Notre Dame was going to, was going to win. I knew I, I just felt that they were going to win, but I really thought it was going to be a dogfight. If you'd have told me before the game that Notre Dame was going to win by 21 points, I'd have said, come on, man, like that's a homer take. Right. So who really knows what's who's going to win these games? Right. None, none of us know. Right. I had Notre Dame winning 27 to 20 last year. So I, I don't know who's going to win this game. But here's why I, I'm confident that Notre Dame can win this football game and doesn't have to play out of their minds and everything go right. And Ohio state lays an egg and all those type of things. The reason I don't feel that way is because I, I, I believe this Notre Dame football team is deep and talented and well coached and tough and physical and has great leadership. It's experienced. All those things are true. And, and it's a game where Notre Dame doesn't have to play their a plus game to win. I, that's just not true of this football team this year. It was last year. You needed to play your A game and you needed Ohio State to play like a C plus B minus game in order to win that game last year. And I would argue, really, you know, Ohio State kind of played their B minus game. It's just Notre Dame played a a, a C minus game last year uh, against Ohio State. So I believe this Notre Dame football team can can compete against Ohio State and win the football game if they can just execute, make plays. So then you get into like the personnel. Again, I, I think this is a really talented Notre Dame football team. The difference, however, between Notre Dame and Ohio State to me, and this is where I think there is uh, understandably why there is a, a, why Ohio State is the favorite in this game. 
not just track record and Notre Dame doesn't win big games. We've already talked about that this week, and that's true. But when you look at the talent, there's more known commodities nationally at Ohio State. Everybody knows who Marvin Harrison is. Everybody knows who Emeka Buka is. Everybody already knows who Cade Stover is. They don't know who Holden Stace is. They already know. They all know who Donovan Jackson is and Jack Sawyer and JT and, and Mike Hall and Tommy Eichenberg and Denzel Burke and those type of guys. Everybody knows who those guys are. Not as many and people know who Joe Walt is and people know who who Benjamin Morrison is. But outside of that, does anybody in, in the national from a national standpoint or Ohio State fans uh, know who any anybody for Notre Dame is outside of Hartman, Alt, and, and Benjamin Morrison? No. You've got Ohio State people literally like almost bragging about it this summer, bragging about how they don't even know who in, anybody in the players on Notre Dame's team are, uh, you know, which is kind of a sad self-own, but, you know, it is what it is. But the fact is, is Notre Dame doesn't have a lot of known commodities. And that's why I think there's this misconception, in my opinion, a misconception of Ohio State has more talent. Ohio State has more established talent. And so when Notre Dame is going to win this game, some of the non-established players need to step up. Because the other part of this game is I don't think Notre Dame can win if their stars don't play like stars. If Sam Hartman doesn't play well, if Joe Walt doesn't play well, if Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart don't play well, I don't think Notre Dame can win this football game. I don't think they're they're I don't think they're good enough to play to win a game like this if they're the majority of their stars don't play like stars. Like if one of them doesn't, but the others do, that kind of thing, then they can. But they need their stars to play like stars. You need Sam Hartman to play well. You obviously need Benjamin Morrison to be on top of his game. But there's other players to me that aren't sort of the spotlight players that need to step up and, and play well in this game. And that's what this final section of the show is going to be about. Probably do this for about 15 minutes, and then we'll get into Super Chats. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The game Notre Dame fans have been waiting for all season is here as the Fighting Irish get ready to play the Ohio State Buckeyes. And if you're still looking for tickets to this titanic battle, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, 
Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Let's start with the Notre Dame offense. To me, the the first one that I look at, because I'm looking, I'm looking inside out. That's how I look at these breakdowns. That's how I did it as a coach. You look inside out. We got to figure out how to get the run game going and protect the quarterback before we figure out what pass routes we're going to do, right? Those are obviously big keys. And so that's how I look at this game. And it starts with the guards. Look, they've got to play well. This is a this is a concerning matchup for me when I look at this matchup against Ohio State because Ohio State doesn't have a very big offensive line or defensive line. We talked about this yesterday. Let me pull the Ohio State roster up again. I think their biggest guy is, I, I believe it's it's uh, as far as like the guys that play a lot of snaps, I believe Ty Hamilton is their biggest guy. Uh, Ty is, let's see, he's 295. Mike Hall's only 6'2", 280. Ty Hamilton is 6'3", 295. Uh, the other tackle that plays a bunch for them is Tyleek Williams. He's 6'2", 290. So they're not real big guys. They they play hero canoes listed at 305. But you look at Jaden McKenzie, who plays for them. He's 6'2", 286. They just don't have a lot of big guys up front. Their ends have some size to them. Obviously, uh, JT is 270. I think Jack Sawyer is listed at like 265. Let me pull up Jack Sawyer here real quick. Where's Jack? He's 265. Uh, they play Caden Curry, who's 260. Kenyatta Jackson plays. He's 258. Like that's a pretty decent size for edge players, but they're not guys that are out there uh, that are like 295 pounds. They don't have a bunch of 300-pounders inside. And so for all the people that that complain about Notre Dame, oh, you don't have enough 300-pounders. Literally, Ohio State has zero 300-pounders that have ten, on their D-line that have played more than 10 snaps in three games. Zero. Because I believe Hero Canoe has played fewer than 10, 10 snaps. I'm, I'm actually, let me just – I like to be correct when I say things like that. So let me just make sure that Hero is actually under 10 snaps per game. So just give me a second because I don't want to say thing that, so I say something that's not accurate. So let's pull up their defensive snaps according to Pro Football Focus. Let's go to their interior defensive line. And Hero Canoe has played – I was incorrect. He has played 24 snaps. So they have one guy that has played over 300 snaps. That's that played over uh, – that's played 20 or more snaps. It's over 300 pounds. Tyleek Williams has played 115 snaps. Uh, Michael Hall has played 86 snaps. Ty Hamilton has played 82 snaps. And Jaden McKenzie have played, has played 34 snaps. So Hero Canoe, who's over 300 pounds, is played significantly fewer snaps than those other guys have, right? So they are a smaller D-line, but they're quick. They, they, they're, none of them are tall. They're not long, but they use that to their advantage. They stay low. They get under your pads. They beat you in the gaps. They get up under your chest. They knock you back. And even though they don't have a lot of production from a tackles for loss standpoint, you know, Ohio State's not a team that's out there with, you know, 25 tackles for loss in eight games. They haven't been that super, super disruptive team so far, which I showed in the statistics. What do I have Ohio State's defense at? They rank, uh, see, 95th in the country in sacks per game. They rank 73rd in the country in tackles for loss per game. They're not a super, super disruptive defense, but what has made them so effective 
is they still do, I think, get good penetration up front. They force running backs to make early, early cuts and early decisions. And I've always said this, when you can force a running back to deter, to, to make a cut behind the line, that's a win for the defense, unless that cut is because he's cutting to a wide open, you know, back cut. But if you can force him to cut, meaning he doesn't want to cut, he's you're forcing him to cut. That's a win for the defense because once he makes that cut, so let's say Audric Estime is coming downhill on a duo or an inside zone, and Mike Hall just whoops one of the guards off the line, knocks him back or shoots the gap, and Audric has to bounce it outside. Two and a half, three yards behind the line. Guess what that says to the linebackers and the safeties and the corners? That's where the ball's going. Go fly the ball, and they've got a pretty fast defense, in my opinion. At least it's you know safety and corner. Not, not they're not like burners, but that they, they've got really good speed on the back back end of their defense. And so, my call, you know, so so Aldrick bounces it. He gets a yard. He gets stuffed, and you look at it and say, hey, you know, uh, Steel Chambers with the tackle for a one yard game. Great job, Steel. But when you look at it, the statistics show Steel Chambers had a run stuff. But the guy that made that play is Mike Hall, who had the penetration, forced the guy to bounce outside and for and cut early, and then you made the stop. And and so when you look at Notre Dame, they've got big guards. Rocco's 315. Pat Coogan's, like, I think, 303, 305. Not huge, but compared to their D-tackles, he's got some size. But he's a tough kid. C. Carroll's 305. But they're the, the guards have, have struggled with quickness this season. I was encouraged by how they handled the kid from Central Michigan last week, who's like 6'1", 295, and, and pretty athletic kid. But against NC State, they really struggled with Davin Ham's quickness. They really struggled with C.J. Curry's quickness. And that's why Notre Dame was boomer bust in the run game against NC State. And, and so your guards are going to need to play at a higher level than they did against NC State. And, and that puts them in a really big matchup over what you could argue has been the best part of Ohio State's team this year, which is their defensive line. I, or excuse me, uh, the best part of their defense so far, which is their defensive line and the interior guys. So you're going to be in a big matchup in this game and up the middle. Your guards have to play well. It, the guards played great against Clemson last year, great against Clemson last year. And they didn't always play great, but they stepped up in that big moment. They need to step up in this game. The guards have to play well. I have a hard time believing that Notre Dame can score enough points and win this game if the guards get dominated. I just – I just don't. There's, they're going to have their losses. They're going to give up their negatives. They're going to give up some pressures every now and then. But you got to limit those, severely limit those, and then be effective on early downs. You've got to win that matchup. Staying up front, number two, is Blake Fisher. Uh, Blake has had a very odd season so far. I could cut up a highlight tape of Blake Fisher through four games and take like his top 15, 20 snaps and show it to him. You're like, wow. Man, that that guy's playing at a high level. Then I could take his worst 20 snaps of the season, and you're like, dude, how's that guy starting? Or why is that, you know, why isn't this getting dealt with? Blake has been really up and down so far this year. I, I thought he, I think it was the, I, I think it was the uh, Navy game. I thought he played really well. I thought the right side was pretty good that game. He's been very inconsistent since then. This is a game where Blake has to be on top of his game. Uh, you know, Joe Walt was solid against Ohio State last year. Blake struggled against Ohio State last year. Neither of them played great. You obviously need Joe to play great. I talked about that. Your stars got to be stars, but they need Blake Fisher to play at a high level. This is one of those. This has got to be sort of a a coming out party for Blake Fisher. You're going against pretty good ends, uh, especially JT, who I think is a really good football player. You know, Jack Sawyer's coming off. I think the best game of his career, most disruptive game of his career, at least in my opinion. You've got to be able to win on the edge this year. They could not do it last year. 
could not do it last year and and really lost every inside and outside battle against Ohio State last year. And you can say, well, I didn't have Jarrett Patterson, but I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered that much. Maybe they'd had eight extra rushing yards, nine, 10 extra rushing yards, but you got whooped up front. You've got to handle it this year. And and Blake Fisher, to me, if Blake comes out and says, okay, get on, get on my back, ride me and Rocco, or right? you want to run the ball coach, get behind me and Rocco. And if those two kids especially can play at a high level, man, who, you know, uh, that's going to be that's going to be really impressive. Somebody asked me, I think it's an Ohio State fan asked me, uh, where are you getting Tyreek Williams size from? The Ohio State roster, uh, maybe he's over 300 pounds, but Ohio State roster lists him at that uh, at that weight. So that's where I'm getting it from is Ohio State's roster, uh, just so that we're clear. Uh, and so to me, back on track, but I think Blake Fisher to me is a guy that has to be on top of his game. He has to be uh, come out and sort of have that 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 coming out party that allows him to play at a high level. And, and if he can't, it just makes things tougher for Notre Dame. It, it does. It makes it tougher for them. And so um, he's going to have to play well. I mean, look, Notre Dame is a, uh, Notre Dame is a, a, a an offensive line driven team. There's no doubt. Ohio state beat up Notre Dame's offensive line last year and Notre Dame couldn't, couldn't score. Uh, we broke this down. There was five or six plays where Notre Dame had receivers open. And when I mean open, I'm talking about open against a good team, not like eight yards open, but like you've got three, two, three steps, at least on a guy, you know, Braden Lindsay had a couple of them. Uh, Lorenzo styles had a couple of them. Matt Salerno had one where, man, if you had time to throw the football, you have a shot to have a big play there. And the quarterbacks either missed, or in most cases, they didn't have time to throw the football. Uh, they're the O line is going to have to play at a high level, obviously, and it can't just it just can't be Joe Walt. He could play great, and the rest of the O line gets their butts kicked, and their name's going to get their butt kicked. It's simple as that. They have to play well. And then the last one for me, uh, yes, there's the receivers as a whole got to play well, and and all those type of things. You know, you throw Audric Estime in there. To me, that's a star being a star. Audric has to be Audric. The two guys that I think could have the that I believe have the biggest impact in this game is Tobias Merriweather and Chris Tyree. And the reason I say that is, is because you have to figure out a way to generate big plays against Ohio State. I don't think Notre Dame is is even with the they're much improved on offense, but I don't know that Ohio State's a team that you can just methodically go up and down the field on on 12 play drives. There, it's just it's impossible to consistently score against good teams when you're doing that. You have to figure out ways to generate big plays. And and Notre Dame's going to have to be able to do that with their pass game, obviously. And and the guys that give them the best chance to do that are Chris Tyree and, and Tobias Merriweather. We've seen them both do that the last two weeks. Chris Tyree had a 65-yard gain against NC State on a bit of a busted play. Tobias had a 45-yard gain against NC State. The two of those guys combined for, was it five catches for 179 yards last week? Uh, they both had a 75-plus yard touchdown uh, last week. Tobias was 75. Chris was 76. They're going to have to be big play guys. They are. No, Notre Dame cannot afford to not get big plays in this game. They're going to have to get some big plays in this game. Uh, you look at what got uh, Georgia in the game last year against Ohio State. They had a big pass play. They got them back in the game. Arian Smith with a 76-yard pass game to turn a – uh, a 38 to 27 Ohio state lead into a 38, 35 Ohio state lead. And George ends up going down and winning the football game against them last year. So, you know, you're going to need some of those big plays. You look at Georgia, uh, you know, he had a 52 yard run from Kenny McIntosh. He had the 76 yard gain from Marion Smith. You had a 35 yard gain from Keir Smith. You had a 28 yard gain from Marcus Rosemay Jackson. Uh, you had a 25 yard pass from Kenny Mitchell. You had a 22 yard gain from uh, Adnai Mitchell. 
they're going to need plays like that. They're going to need some chunk plays in this game to be able to effectively move on Ohio State because this is too good of a defense to just eight, nine, you know, draw eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 play drives and consistently score enough points to win. You're not going to do that on Ohio State. Just like I don't think Ohio State's good enough to do that against Notre Dame. Most teams aren't. You need big plays. And so both teams are going to need that. And I believe Tobias Merriweather and Chris Tyree give Notre Dame the best chance to do that on offense. If they have big games, this offense could could do really well against Ohio State. So that's going to be a big key uh, for the offense. Let's go to the other side of the ball and look at the defense. Guys that need to step up. Again, we're going to start up front, guys. This is who I am. We're going to start in the trenches and work our way out. And for me, the two guys that need to play well are the two guys, to me, that have the most talent of the starters. I mean, I, I'm hoping Javante Jean-Baptiste has a big game just because it's his former team. You know, expect Howard Cross to play well. Howard was Notre Dame's best defensive lineman last year against Ohio State. If you go back and watch that game, uh, Howard had one of the best games of, of his career against Notre Dame last or against Ohio State last season. So, uh, you know, you hope he plays well. But when it comes down to it, if Notre Dame's going to, to handle their business in the way that they need to handle their business, it, it comes down to you need Riley Mills and Maris Leofau, or excuse me, uh, Jordan Patelho uh, to be on top of their game. You, you just do. Now, Riley's been good this year. He hasn't been great. He's been good this year. Uh, Jordan Patelho hasn't really been turned loose, in my opinion, so far this season. You know, he's done some good things. He's been a pretty good run defender so far this year. That's going to have to continue in this football game. But they're going to need Jordan Patelho to, to, to provide more pass rush this season. Uh, Riley Mills so far in the year has seven pressures. According to Pro Football Focus, he has one sack, three hits on the quarterback. Jordan Patelho only has five. And you're talking about a guy that last now he he does have seven run stops already, uh, which is which is tied for four, uh, fifth on the team, which is pretty good for a defensive lineman. Uh, but when you look at the bowl game last year, I mean he's got five and four games. Jordan had ten in last year's bowl game against South Carolina alone. Those two guys combined for four sacks last year, three and a half sacks last year against South Carolina. They have to both play well. They have to. I I just I have a hard time. Now, now, could Notre Dame win if they don't play well? Sure, if they they can win in a shootout. I don't want to have to win in a shootout. That's going to be hard to win in a shootout because I'm I'm always going to kind of go with the team that's got the big time receivers and Ohio State has the big time receivers. To me, you you need Howard Cross, you need excuse me Riley Mills and Jordan Patel to, to put pressure on the quarterback. You need them to come up with big stops, run game big stops, pass game big stops. You know, get in Kyle McCord's face because I'm going to tell you right now, if Kyle McCord gets comfortable in this game, he will put up numbers. He will. He's a good quarterback. Is he C.J. Stroud? No, he's not C.J. Stroud, but a lot of guys aren't C.J. Stroud. But he's still a good quarterback. And if you give him time to throw to the best receiving core in the country with a really good tight end and backs that can do damage out of the backfield, that's another part of this, then you're going to be in trouble. The best way to keep him from going off, put pressure on him. Don't let him get comfortable in the pocket. That's going to be the key. And Notre Dame's going to need them. They're going to need those two players, to me, especially to play well. Now, other guys got to play well, too. But those guys have to have big games, in my opinion, if Notre Dame's going to come out there and, and handle their business the way that they need to handle their business. So those it starts there. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The next guy I want to talk about is Maris Leofau. 
And, you know, Maris has been really good this year. And, and part of me wants to like not jinx it and not talk about him. But at the end of the day, I don't really believe in that, but he's got to, he's got to play well. He's been pretty good so far this year. He's been, I would argue Maris has, has been arguably their most disruptive defensive player this year. You know, uh, Jack Kaiser leads the team in stops according to pro football focus. I'm going to have my uh, next couple of days. I'll get my numbers updated for season long numbers updated. I'm, and I'm pretty sure Maris is going to have more stuffs because I go by stuffs not stops, but Maris is second on the defense and stops, but he is tops on the defense in pressures this season. He has eight pressures in four games at linebacker. He's also had a forced fumble. So he's played at a, he's played very disruptive football. You need him to be very disruptive in this game as well. He's also your most explosive linebacker. And there's going to be plays where Ohio State's going to try to run their stretch stuff and seal the outside. You're going to need him to get over the top, use his speed to get outside. He's going to have to be disruptive closing on the screen game. He's going to have to be disruptive closing on the crossing routes. They're going to try to run some wheel routes on him. They're going to try to get him, you know, out of control. He's got to play disciplined, but he's got to play fast. That's going to be a big key. And and if Maris can have a big game, that makes Notre Dame very hard to 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 consistently move the ball on. Very hard. He he has that kind of ability. And then the last one for me is Xavier Watts. I've talked about the stars need to be stars, right? So Cam, Benjamin, need y'all to, to step up and, and do your best against these receivers. Xavier Watts to me is important because he's going to be a guy that's going to be very instrumental in, in defending the tight end. He's going to be instrumental in defending the slot, whether it's Marvin Harrison and helping out with Thomas Harper, uh, whether it's uh, Julian Fleming, whether it's G. Scott in a two tight end look, whether it's Cade Stover running seams and overs and things like that. He's going to have a big role to play in coverage in this game and helping out. He's going to, he's going to hope, I, I would imagine, be able to be providing a lot of the help when they have Marvin Harrison, uh, either field side, either outside, or whether he's in the slot. And then, of course, he's going to have to have a big impact in the run game. Xavier's been very flashy this year, like very flashy. He's had some plays you're like, whew, that's impressive. But then there's other plays where he'll still be out of position, take the wrong angle of the football, not wrap up, go for the big hit instead of wrapping up. He's got to play a really good game against Ohio State. If he does, then Notre Dame can have a really good run defender on all three levels of the defense uh, when you look at what they've got at linebacker. And, and, and then, of course, they have Xavier Watts. And, you know, he's a guy that that has been – we talked about this in the offseason. Notre Dame needs more disruptions uh, from their safeties. Last year, Notre Dame had six combined passes defensed last year. Six from the safety position. That, that's not very good, obviously. And then you fast, but we said Maris, or uh, uh, Xavier had half of them. He had three of their six. He's already got four already this year. He's had four in four games. He's got three breakups and an interception. So he's a disruptive kid. They just need him to be consistently disruptive and limit some of the negatives that he's had so far this year. So uh, Xavier and Marist on the second and third level have a chance to be difference makers for Notre Dame if they can play at their best. And that's what Notre Dame is going to need uh, in this game is you're going to need some guys to really play at their best. And if they can do that, then I think Notre Dame can win this football game. Not, not have a chance, not if everything goes your way, not if you play perfect, but to go out there and play their game. If they play their game at every spot then i think notre dame is the better team and they'll get their chance to do it and if you don't play like that then they'll have a shot to to um to you know uh, the ohio state will have will win the football game and that's really what it comes down to we're going to end this 
by getting us some super chats. We got set looks. We got six super chats. I want to get to here before we get up out of here. Rob Osgo with super chat. Rob says, thank you for the great news last night about Gearby Lambert. Can't wait for the game on Saturday. See y'all at the Duke game. I will be there. Thank you, Rob, for the super chat. And uh, hopefully we're all in a good mood on Saturday night. We're going to have a late post game show, everybody, but we're going to still going to have one win or lose. We're going to have one. Tristan Martz, I'd be super chat train. Sounds good for Ohio State week. I dig that. Appreciate that. DJ Holman, thank you, DJ, for the super chat. Appreciate you. Mistakenly watched an Ohio State show before this and need this for therapy afterwards. Go Irish. DJ, um, I'd love to know which one you watched, uh, but there, there are some, there's some comedy, man, on some of that stuff. It's like, look, and I don't mind Ohio State fans and Ohio State analysts thinking they're going to win this game. They should think they're going to win this game. Notre Dame doesn't win big games like this. But just the lack of just respect, just knowledge of your opponent, just pure. I, I remember uh, last year I was watching, somebody sent me a video that these three guys did before the Oregon game. And they were like, it's just like the the condescending nature in which they're talking about Oregon. Like Oregon doesn't even belong except on the field, Ohio State, before that game. And, you know, oh, they're going to win by 40 and they're going to blow them out. And Oregon doesn't have this. Oregon doesn't have that. And Oregon goes out there and just runs it all over them and beats Ohio State. It just they were the better team from start to finish against the Buckeyes. And it, it's just it, it's it's grading because there's a way to cover your opponent that says, yeah, we're the better team and we're going to win this game without coming across as just a total homer that knows nothing about your opponent and is just have utter contempt and disdain and, and condescension. And that's what I've kind of picked up on. It's just like, man, uh, it's a uh, it's an interesting group. For sure. Very interesting group. AST12321 with Super Chat. Thank you very much. Stoked to be at this game. My brother, who has never seen Notre Dame lose at home, is coming with me. He went to the crazy UCLA comeback. Stanford 2012, Clemson last year. I hope his luck holds. Yes. And I've also uh, let the state police know that uh, to be on the lookout for Ryan Roberts. I've given his photo to all authorities in the state of Indiana. If Ryan tries to cross the border and come into Indiana, uh, he is not going to be allowed to because uh, of what we talked about last week. Uh, Ryan hasn't been good luck. And then, of course, the worst game Notre Dame plays all year uh, is a game that Ryan's at. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, but uh, in, in all seriousness, I, safe travels, uh, and I hope your your brother's luck continues. 365 to life. Thank you for Super Chat. Lambert's being discussed as being elite. Are there improvements he needs to make to, to his game or just needs to demonstrate consistency to become a five-star? Yeah, that's it for me, honestly. It's just – Offensive tackles, like I just a guy to be a five star, you've got to just be like really dominant. And and Gearby flashes that, but he's just not that every down, holy moly type of player right now. So just continue to get stronger in the weight room is going to be a key. Fill out that frame and just be more consistent with your technique. I will say this: I watched. Uh, there's actually a full game on online of that he played this year that you can go watch, and he he played. He played really – I mean, he he showed a lot of that. I just need to see it. Like, to me, you don't watch one game and a guy plays like a five-star in one game. He's not five-star. No, I need to see him do it over the course of the season. But it's just about being a little bit more dominant at the point of attack in the run game, which is a technical thing for him because the tools are there, and then just seeing him be consistently more effective in pass pro. And I liked what I saw in the first – I saw highlights of the second game, and then I watched the whole first game. I liked what I saw so far from Gearby. And, and, you know, if he continues this throughout the season, then he'll have a shot to jump up to five-star status. He's, he's going to need some improvement. I don't hand out a lot of five-stars. You know, that's the thing for me. But, you know, at 28, if he stays at 28, he'll probably be a, a five-star on all three. So I could see that happening. But, um, you know, it's just consistency and then just a little bit more dominance. Gary L. with a super chat. Thank you, Gary. 
Brian, can you discuss that Michigan, what Michigan has done to beat Ohio State over the last two years, offense and defense, and will Indy be able to u- utilize that recipe? Well, Gary, one thing that Michigan has done that you have to look at in the Michigan game is they didn't just reinvent the – they didn't just kind of just take the game plan from 2021 and just say, hey, let's do this again. How they beat Michigan uh, – how they beat Ohio State this year, uh, or last year I should say, was uh, was different than how they beat them the year before – Last year's game to me was not as start to finish dominant. Now, the final score uh, was even more dominant than the year before. They won by 22. Michigan won by 22 last year. The year before, they won by 15. But I felt the 2022 game, 2021 game was the more just really like physically imposing, just dominant performance uh, by Michigan, even though it wasn't, it didn't look as much uh, like that. I, I felt when when you go back and you look at the 2021 game, Michigan just came out and just imposed their will physically on Ohio State. The pass game was nothing more than just steady game manager, move the chains. You know, I, I, CJ or uh, Cade McNown hit a couple big throws in that game. He also had, uh, he also had, I believe, two pass interference penalties uh, down the field on on Denzel Burke. He they had they beat Denzel Burke for a big play that got him down to the one. But it was mostly like, hey. You know, take advantage, move the chains, keep game, you know, manage the game. That type of thing is really what they did. They went 14 of 20 in that game, uh, which is 70%. They were 9.5 for, per attempt. They only passed for 190 yards. They rushed for 297. They just ran on Michigan at will. Hassan Haskins went for 169 and five touchdowns. Blake Corm off the bench uh, went for 87 on six touchdowns. A.J. Henning scored at, on, a, I think it was a reverse. I don't remember if it was a jet or reverse. Uh, you had you had your quarterbacks rush for 21 yards. Alvin Edwards had one care for eight yards. It was just a start to finish shellacking. Last year, I, I, I thought Ohio State early was out playing Michigan. And and really, if it wasn't for big plays, I don't know that that Ohio Ohio State doesn't have a, a 10 to, to 13 point lead at halftime if it's not for big plays. I mean, all Michigan could do in the first half was big plays because Ohio State was more geared towards stopping the run. They were more a little bit more disciplined team in the run game. And, and Ohio State was was able to, to have a 2017 lead, and you just felt like, man, if they could just limit some of those big plays, I think that, I think they've got a shot to, to really, you know, to really win this football game, Ohio State. And then they come out in that game, and uh, the second half of that game, and the first drive of the second half, Michigan's just nickel-dime, 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 boom, 45-yard touchdown. And from that moment on, it was just kind of like Ohio State just didn't respond well to it at all. You know, they, they traded punts, and then they come right back out. They're, they're moving the ball down the field, and they punch one in the end zone and just, you know, put this long drive together, and that broke Ohio State's spirit. I mean, that, that to me, really broke their spirit. It was the one long drive they had, and so it was the big pass plays and then that long drive that Michigan had, it was it was a twenty four to twenty one game, twenty four to twenty game in the third quarter. And uh, let me see when Ohio State got the ball. I don't know if you guys remember this drive. Let me let me find here real quick. Ohio State got the ball. They started the drive with five minutes and fifty seconds left in the third quarter. They didn't score until the thirteen ten mark of the fourth quarter. It was like an eight minute drive, and they just went down and just ran it down Ohio State's throat. 15 plays, 81 yards, and it just – Ohio State, I felt, quit. 
I, I, I just felt they quit. And then they kind of put it, poured it on. And after that, Ohio State goes down and gets, uh, you know, Trey Ponce, Ohio State gets a field goal to make it 31-23. And then next play, boom, 75-yard touchdown run. Michigan gets the ball back, third play, boom, 85-yard touchdown run, game is over. So I didn't feel last year's game was as dominant as the year before. It was the big plays. And and that's what Notre Dame's going to need to do. They're going to they're gonna need to replicate a little bit of the combination of both to win this game, which is you, know, you need to be able to establish a run and, and get and be physical and all that. But the reality is, guys and, and gals, is this isn't that Ohio State team from 2021 anymore defensively. It's not. That guy, those that staff is gone. And I think I believe the entire staff is gone. Uh, this is a brand new staff, different defense, different style defense, different philosophy, different personnel in a lot of instances. I don't know that you're just going to come out and just physically beat the crap out of them for 60 minutes. If they do, holy moly, that's going to say something about Notre Dame. I just don't think that's who this is. What allowed Michigan to win last year was they were able to be balanced, but then they hit those big plays. When Ohio State made a mistake, they took advantage. And there weren't a ton of them, but they took advantage. And then, of course, they broke Ohio State's will in the fourth quarter. That's what they're going to have to do in this game. Notre Dame is. You're going to, but you're going to have to establish a run a little bit more effectively than Ohio State did early last year. But you're going to have to create some big plays to pass game. You're going to have to protect the quarterback. You're going to have to find some balance and then really wear them down in the fourth quarter. I mean, that that's really the recipe for me. I don't think Notre Dame needs to, to, to say, hey, let's do what Michigan did. But the recipe of what Michigan did is it's going to be kind of a combination of both. I think Notre Dame is capable of that. They're going to have to play at a high level because this defense is going to be better than last year's defense, and this defense is going to be way better than the 2021 defense that Ohio State had. And so they're going to have to bring they're going to have to, to to be able to do both of those things. But it's not just like let's watch what Michigan did and do what they do. They're they're still a different type of team than Notre Dame in a lot of different ways. Carson Jackson with the super chat. Thank you, Carson. First super chat. Love the show. Best Notre Dame coverage in the business. Sam Hartman and this D-line taking advantage this week is the key. Now, look, the D-line is a big one, right? We all know Sam Hartman. But, Carson, first of all, thank you for the Super Chat. Appreciate that. And this is a heck of a week to get your first one in there. Um, but the D-line one is big, right? It's big. Notre Dame's defensive line has to play well. They have to, they have to feast in this game. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they will. But they need to if Notre Dame's going to really handle their business in, in this game. There's no doubt. And, again, Appreciate the super chat, my man. Uh, last one, Quinn Kibler. Can't wait to see Ryan's tweets after we win. Yeah, it, it, Ryan is going to – Ryan and Vince especially are going to be not fun follows if you're an Ohio State fan, if Notre Dame wins. But, of course, there's a lot of Ohio State people that are going to be really un, fun, unfun follows if they win this game too. Uh, that's the, the deal. You've got to go out there and handle your business. All the talk, you know, we're close to – we're not completely done with talk. we got a show tomorrow. We'll make our predictions tomorrow, and we'll talk about keys to victory and all that. And then we'll have our our, uh, our mailbag on Friday. But, you know, between the two teams, the, the talk is over. It's time to go out and, and get it done. And Notre Dame's going to have to show themselves to be a team that's, like, be able to win the trench. I mean, guys, like, like you go back to Florida State 93, and you go back to 88 against Miami, 90 against Miami. And Notre Dame had some great athletes back then, right? I mean, the the ninety the eighty eight team. You talk about Rocket Ismail, and you talk about Ricky Waters, and you talk about Derek Brown, who was a big time freshman, and you know defensively Todd Light, who was a who was a first round pick, and you know you talk about some of the Tony Rice was a big time athlete. Stance Magala was was a really fast guy. Pat Terrell was a a second round draft pick who played in the NFL. Like Notre Dame had some, Michael Stonebreaker was a really athletic linebacker. 
you know, and, and then the 93, when you look at the, the Notre Dame team in 93, I mean, Lee Becton was a, was a big-time player. You had Ray Zellers, who was a high draft pick. Mark Edwards, uh, you know, who was an NFL player. You know, you, you didn't quite have the dynamic speed that you had in 88 at receiver. Mike Miller could run, but, you you know, Lake Dawson was an NFL guy. Derek Mays was a really good football player that year. Clint Johnson was, was, was a guy that was a big play threat. I mean, you had athletes, right? But they didn't have the athletes that Florida State had. They didn't have the athletes that Miami had. What allowed them to win those games was they they had they were they were pretty good outside, even if they weren't quite as athletic as those other teams. But they could kick your butt in the trenches, right? It's yeah, we have athletes, but we're going to beat Florida State because Bryant Young and Jim Flanagan and Brian Hamilton and and all those guys go off. We're gonna we're gonna beat them in 1988 because Andre Williams has a huge pass rush that keeps Steve Walsh from stepping in that throw because Chris Zorch played like a man possessed. You know, because Andre Jones was making plays off the edge. Frank Stams is the first guy to sack Steve Walsh all year, forces a fumble, right? It was your you dominating the trenches. That's got to be no, that's the recipe for Notre Dame to be a great football team. You've got to dominate in the trenches against the best teams. And that's what that's what Marcus Freeman has said he wants to establish. And if they're going to win this football game, yes, the athletes got to make plays. They have to make plays, but you've got to be the better team in the trenches. That's it. And if they do that, they can win this football game. If they don't, it's going to be a lot harder. Because if this just comes down to athlete versus athlete, I don't know that Notre Dame can win that just athlete on athlete. They're, they can be more competitive than people think. It's like we've, we've been doing this for years, guys, right? Like every time we go play Georgia and you go play – yeah, I remember being talking to Georgia people. And, and Georgia fans were great, by the way. I mean, they were respectful. You know, when they talked trash, it was all in fun. Uh, but they were just like, look, you guys just don't have enough speed to play with us. And both times, 17 and 19, especially, you know, 17, especially 19, they're like, dude, you guys are a lot more athletic than we realized. Like, man, your D line was eating us up. That Claypool guy's a monster. We couldn't cover your tight end. You know, man, your corners can really run. Those were the things that that people would say that they were surprised at how athletic Notre Dame was in, 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 in those matchups. And their name's always, they for the last few years, they've, for the most part, there's been a couple, you know, here, here, and there. 20, they weren't a great athletic team. 21 at spots they were, at other spots they weren't. But, you know, last year's team was athletic. The athleticism wasn't, and speed wasn't Notre Dame's problem last year. They had a lot of other problems. Uh, this is not a team that lacks athleticism. But do they have a Marvin Harrison, a receiver? No, they don't. You know, that's just the reality of it. Audric Estime is a heck of a running back. I think he's right now the best running back that's going to be on the field on Saturday. Does he have the explosiveness of Travion Henderson? No, he doesn't. But they're athletic. They are. They have speed, but they're they're just not going to win because of that. If the the if they're not winning in the trenches, that's where the advantage has to be, and that's why they have to 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 play well. And so you know you talk you go back to you know to Carson Super Chat. The D line has to be that group, but the O line has to play like it too. Uh, this is a make your money game for Joe Rudolph. It absolutely is. This is the kind of game that Joe Joe Walt can look at and say, Hey, why was Joe Walt a top five pick? Go look what he did against JT and Jack Sawyer. That that that's that's what it comes down to. Same thing for Blake Fisher. Hey, why is Blake Fisher getting NFL love, dude? Did you see what he did against Ohio State? It has to be that kind of game for those guys. If they do that, then I think this this is the better team. If Notre Dame plays their game, Ohio State plays their game. I think Notre Dame's a better team. I just I do, and we'll find out on Saturday if I'm right or if I'm wrong, and uh, and then we can figure out what comes next. Either way, so that's going to do it for today's show, everybody. I appreciate y'all so very much. Uh, tonight, IB Nation Sports Talk, 6 o'clock. Tomorrow, we'll be back. We'll go live at 1 o'clock. Ryan and I will go live at 1. 
we will do our keys to victory and, and our prediction show. We'll make our per- score predictions for that. And then Friday, one o'clock, we'll have our mailbag uh, before Saturday night, 730. Their name starts uh, against Ohio State. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, we will be tailgating. Also, for those of you who uh, who, who have asked, just a reminder, we will be tailgating on Saturday. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'll also put on the message board when we actually finally park. Um, it, we will we will get all set up, and I'll let you guys know where we are. My mom's catering the whole thing. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. It's gonna be a blast. Uh, we don't. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blast. I don't know for sure when we're gonna start, but like I said, around. I hope to get started around one. Uh, two at the latest is when we plan on getting started. I'll be there. Vince will be there for a time. Angela will be there. My parents will be there. Uh, and then, of course, we'll get into the game. So if you are going to be in town, or whether you're going to the game or you just want to tailgate, we'll be in the stadium lot. I'm not sure where we'll be in the stadium lot. I'll tweet it out, put it on the board and all that kind of stuff so you guys will be able to check it out. Last-minute super chat from Mike Lane. Thank you, Mike. Everyday listener, longtime board member. Can't make a lot of the love live chats. Just wanted to say thanks. Go Irish and bust some on this Saturday. Couldn't read that one, Mike. I don't want to get demonetized, uh, but hopefully they do. They're able to do that. My mom's got like names for all the foods and stuff. It's going to be a blast. So I hope to see you all there on Saturday for the IB tailgate. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.